I don't wanna be just someone that's new. I speak my mind so free, so you could hear the truth. Yeah, no. Hello, welcome to the Truth For Youth podcast with Micah Murphy. We are going to pick up and talk about part two of why do bad things happen to good people. So if you have not listened to the previous episode, go ahead, hit the stop button right now, go back, listen to the other episode so they're all on the same page, all right, and then come back and hop in so you get the last two points of why do bad things happen to good people? Okay, so just a real quick recap. Um, last week, we talked about, first of all, what is good? You know, people use that question all the time. Well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, who are we calling good? Are we calling ourselves good? And, and who are we comparing ourselves to? Are we comparing ourselves to other individuals that are evil or that are bad? Are we comparing ourselves to good individuals? Or are we comparing ourselves to God himself? So we talked a little bit about that. And then we went on and talked about two potential reasons why bad things happen to good people. And again, there may be a million different reasons why God would allow bad things to happen to good people. And we're just going to talk about four. These are four that I've chosen because I feel like they're probably the, the main ones or the biggest ones or the most common ones. But this, that's just my opinion. But we're going to talk about these uh, with biblical backings. So the very first reason why... God may allow that to happen is when he just may be trying to get our attention, right? We all know that pain gets our attention. When we stump our toe or smash our finger or burn our hand, it gets our attention, right? We stop what we're doing and we focus on that pain, right? So perhaps God's just trying to get our attention because we are blinded to him and we're missing out on something. The second potential reason is to help us to grow, Pain will cause us to grow. Now, let's go ahead and hop into the next two points of why God would allow this to happen. Number three, perhaps bad things are happening to you, a good person, or to people in your life that is a good person because he's disciplining us or you or your friend. Discipline. Pain can be the result of discipline. Let's look at a passage. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. Let God train you, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. Who ever heard of a son who is never corrected? If God doesn't punish you when you need it, as other fathers punish their sons, then it means that you aren't really God's son at all and that you don't really belong in his family. Since we respect our fathers here on earth, though they may punish us, should we not all the more cheerfully submit to God's training so that we can begin really to live? Our earthly fathers trained us for a few brief years doing best for us that they knew how. But God's correction is always right and for our best good that we may share in his holiness. Being punished isn't enjoyable while it is happening. It hurts. But afterwards, 
we can see the result. A quiet growth in grace and in character. That's good. That is good stuff. I'm going to read another version. It's very similar, but again, I just like different versions. So let's read it again because first of all, I think we all need to hear that again because that's good stuff. So accept suffering like a father's discipline. God does these things to you like a father correcting his children. You know that all children are disciplined by their fathers. So if you never receive the discipline that every child must have, you are not true children and don't really belong to God. We have all had fathers here on earth who corrected us with discipline, and we respected them. So, it is even more important that we accept discipline from the Father of our spirits. If we do this, we will have life. Our fathers on earth disciplined us for a short time in the way they thought was best. But God disciplines us to help us so that we can be holy like him. We don't enjoy discipline when we get it. It's painful. But later, after we have learned our lesson from it, we will enjoy the peace that comes from doing what is right. Now, obviously, I don't know everybody's home situation. You may say, well, Mike, I never had a father. I don't know who my father is or my father never disciplined me. Okay, well... You may have to substitute that with a mother or with a grandparent, with a guardian. Maybe it was even a coach or a teacher. But hopefully there's someone in your life that has corrected your bad behavior. There's probably very few people on this earth that have been able to get away with whatever they wanted to and no one ever correcting them, okay? But for those that have had loving fathers... They've probably corrected a a behavior in their child. All right, so whatever you did, maybe you didn't obey. Maybe you lied. Maybe you stole something. Maybe you beat up a sibling. Maybe, uh, I don't know, didn't do your homework. I don't know, whatever. Okay, there's lots of different things that you maybe have done and still do probably that you've been punished for and will be punished for in the future, you students. So why, right? Well, the punishment is to correct bad behavior. If you do bad behavior and you never get punished for it, what do you think happens? Right. Your behavior continues. That's why in society... There's laws and there's punishment for breaking the law, or at least there should be. I know some people get away with it. That's not the podcast we're going to talk about today. But if you break the law, you know, if you murder someone, you're going to go to jail. You may even face the death penalty. There's all sorts of punishments that range based on what you've done. And again, it's to help correct behavior. Now, some of these people will learn from their lessons, right? Some of these people realize after being punished that, well, I didn't really like the punishment. I'm going to correct my behavior. I realize what I did was wrong. 
versus those that are rewarded for bad behavior, they'll probably continue to do that. So again, the, the purpose is perhaps God is just being a father. He's disciplining us. We did something that we shouldn't have done. And again, this is not always the case, right? This is just a potential. I know there's times in my life where I've done bad, I've done wrong, and I deserved punishment, whether that be punishment from my parents or punishment from God. But the punishment was there because of a loving figure. My parents love me. That's why they discipline me. God loves me. That's why he disciplines me. I love my sons. That's why I discipline them. It's not fun. It's not fun to discipline your kids. You know, I didn't like being disciplined as a kid, and I surely don't like disciplining, disciplining as an adult. It's just not fun. You know, when I was disciplining my son just the other day, I was like, I would rather not do this. You know, this is, this is not enjoyable. You know, I don't like grounding you. I don't like, you know, taking things away from you that you want to do or, you know, taking away opportunities, whatever that is, taking away freedoms and responsibilities. I don't want to do that. I would have a much better life if I didn't have to take those things away from you. But I'm doing it to correct a behavior. And again, they weren't happy about it. But hopefully, my sons will come to realize that the reason that I discipline them and the reason that their mother disciplines them is because we love them and we want what's best for them and we want to see them to grow, mature, and to be the best versions of themselves they can. But when they do wrong behaviors, that's not acceptable. They're not being their best and we know God's not happy with them. So we're trying to correct that. So sometimes God's doing that because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he'd probably just let us do whatever. And and that's kind of what this passage was even saying, right? It says, if God doesn't punish you when you need it as other fathers punish their sons, then it means that you aren't really God's son at all that you don't really belong in his family. Ouch! I would never want God to say that, that I don't belong in his family. He's the creator of the universe. He's given us all life. But the fact is some people will reject him, not some. The majority of people will reject him as their creator, as their heavenly father. And, you know, perhaps... At some point, he stops trying to correct them because he gives them multiple opportunities. So that's, that's a possibility. All right, I think we drove that nail in. All right, let's go to the next one. Perhaps God allows bad things to happen to good people because it is a reward for your behavior. Now, wait a minute. We just talked about it being a form of discipline, right? A form of correcting, correcting bad behavior. Now, how in the world, Mike, are you going to turn right around and say that he's rewarding us for obedience or good behavior? That's so bizarre. 
It is a bizarre statement, but hang with me for a minute. Sometimes that pain may be the result or the reward, however you want to see it, of obedience. Well, that that just doesn't seem right. But we're going to look at a story by the name of a guy, a guy by the name of Job is what I should have said. Okay, so let's look at this guy named Job. Let's look at his biography. Let's look at his story. Who is this guy? Perhaps you've heard of him. Um, and let's see how this happened to him. How was he so fortunate that he got rewarded uh, by, by pain? All right, so this is going to come in the book of Job, chapter 1. And this is a long book, okay? And this is a long uh, passage. I'm going to read just bits and pieces, so don't worry. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Although I highly encourage you, if you've never read through the whole story of Job, you need to do so. If you ever start feeling sorry for yourself, if you ever start thinking, boy, woe is me. My life is awful. Man, God just always allows bad things to happen. You know, boo-hoo-hoo, woe is me. I'm the victim. Victim card, victim card, victim card. Uh, read Job. It'll change your perspective real quick. All right, we're going to hit the highlights. Here we go. Job chapter 1, verse 1 through 13. There lived in the land of Uz a man named Job, a good man who feared God and stayed away from evil. He had a large family of seven sons and three daughters and was immensely wealthy. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and he employed many, many servants. He was, in fact, the richest cattleman in the entire area. Every year when Job's sons had birthdays, they invited their brothers and sisters to their homes for a celebration. On these occasions, they would eat and drink with great merriment. When these birthday parties ended, and sometimes they lasted several days, Job would summon his children to him and sanctify them, getting up early in the morning and offering a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said, Perhaps my sons have sinned and turned away from God in their hearts. And this was Job's regular practice. But one day, as the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan, the accuser, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. And Satan replied, From earth, where I have been watching everything that's going on. And then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth, a good man who fears God and will have nothing to do with evil. Why shouldn't he when you pay him so well? Satan scoffed. You have always protected him and his home and his property from all harm. You have prospered everything he does. Look how rich he is. No wonder he worships you. But just take away his wealth and you'll see him curse you to your face. And the Lord replied to Satan, You may do anything you like with his wealth, but don't harm him physically. 
All right, so let's stop right there for a second. So what in the world's happening? So you have this man named Job who's extremely wealthy and extremely good man. You know, we're talking about good people. Now, obviously, he's not good compared to God, but he was the finest. He was the, the, the best man, human, on earth during this time. And God had blessed him, right? He had 10 kids. He had thousands of, of various animals and servants and just life was great. So Satan goes to God and God's like, what are you doing? I've been, uh, you know, checking out the earth, seeing what all's going on. And God is bragging, bragging on Job. What a great guy he is. Look at Joe, man. He is, he's my guy, right? And Satan's like, well, of course he's your guy. Look what you've done. You've blessed him. You've given him everything. He has no reason not to love you, not to thank you. But guarantee it, you take all that away from him, you take away his, his wealth, uh-uh. He'll curse you to your face. So God's like, hmm. I know my boy Job. Now nah, he got my back. Go ahead. You cannot touch him physically, though. Can't take away his own health. All you can do is take away his possessions, basically, what he has. Again, God loves Job. He's proud of Job. But now we're about to see Job go through some serious pain. All right, let's pick back up. This is uh, verse 14. So Satan went away. And sure enough, not long afterwards, when Job's sons and daughters were dining at the oldest brother's house, tragedy struck. A messenger rushed into Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided us, they drove away the animals and killed all the farmhands except me. I am the only one left. Wow. Not good news. All his, all his workers, all his, his help, they're all dead except for one. And now all of his animals are gone. While the messenger was still speaking... Another arrived, and their messenger arrived, with more bad news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the herdsmen, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So all the farmhands were gone. Now all his herdsmen, his sheep herders are gone, except for one. And now all his sheep are gone. And before that guy had finished, here comes another messenger. Three bands of Chaldeans have driven off your camels and killed your servants. And I alone have escaped to tell you. So now there goes his camels. And then there goes his servants with only one left. It's bad. And he was still speaking, and another messenger arrived to say, Your sons and your daughters were feasting in the oldest brother's house 
when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and engulfed the house so that the roof fell in on them and all are dead. And I alone escaped to tell you. Talk about a bad day. In that small window, before he could even catch his breath, he lost pretty much everything. He lost all of his animals. He lost all of his workers, all of his servants. Well, I guess he's got, what, three left? A couple messengers. And then he lost all his children. All his children died at the same time. I mean, the guy can't even catch his breath, and all this is happening to him. Everything he had gone in a moment. So what did Job do? Verse 20. Then Job stood up. He tore his robe in grief. He fell down upon the ground before God. I came naked from my mother's womb, he said, and I shall have nothing when I die. The Lord gave me everything I had, and they were his to take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this, Job did not sin or curse God. Wow. So he loses everything, and he's devastated. You know, he's, he's devastated. He collapses to the ground, and he says, you know what? I came in this world with nothing. I guess I'm going to leave this world with nothing. God gave it to me. It was his. If he wants to take it away, you know what? He can take it away. Um, but ultimately, blessed be God. Man, that's, that's an amazing response. But the story's not over. So what happens? Well, let's see. So Satan now is back with God. And this is what God says. Well, have you noticed my servant Job? The Lord asked. He is the finest man in all the earth, a good man who fears God and turns away from all evil. And he has kept his faith in me despite the fact that you persuaded me to let you harm him without any cause. So Satan replies, skin for skin, a man will give anything to save his life. Touch his body with sickness and he will curse you to your face. So Satan's like, okay, well maybe, maybe uh, plan A didn't work, right? I took everything around him. And he still didn't curse God. But you know what? If I, if I take his health from him, because he still has his health. If I take his health, then he'll surely curse God. So God re- replies, do with him as you please. The Lord replied, only spare his life. So he says, okay, you can, you can make him sick. You can harm him a little bit, whatever. But you, you can't take his life. All right? No killing him. So what happened? So Satan Um, causes him to have these boils all over his body from head to toe. You know, boils are those sores where it's kind of like an infected area. Super sore and just miserable. So now Job is absolutely miserable. He's in pain. I mean, head to toe, like every, every part of his body has him. And he's just miserable. 
so much so that he is starting to wish he had never been born. That's how bad it is. You know, God, I wish I'd never been born. And his wife is frustrated with him. She's like, you just need to curse God and die. Like, go ahead and curse him and then just end it. You know, let him take your life. (laughs) And he gets mad at her. He's like, no, I'll never curse him. Well, then his buddies come in, right? His, His best friends, his pals come in. And what do they do? They, they come and they, they support him, right? They love on him. They encourage him. They give him motivation. Eh-eh. They come in and they begin dogging Job. Well, buddy, you screwed up. You know, that's kind of where they're coming in. Man, you, what in the world did you do? You must have really ticked God off because, man, he is, he's coming after you. All right, well, what is the secret sin in your life? Because we thought you were a pretty good dude. But you obviously are one evil, bad guy, right? Because God would never do this to good people. Not, not, not you, Job. So now they start accusing him. When he's at his worst, man, he's lost everything. He's hurt and he's in pain. And his buddies come in who's supposed to have his back, his boys. And they come in and they dog him out. They accuse him of sin and, and all these bad things that he must be doing. Man, his wife turns on him. His buddies turn on him. And so he's like, golly, God, just again, just, just take me, man. I wish I'd never been born. And he does begin to question God a little bit. You know, as you read through the rest of that book, he questions God. Not that he's, he never curses God. He never, never really gets angry necessarily. He begins to question him like, you know, kind of like, why is this happening, God? And God uh, gets kind of stern with him. And he's like, you know, who are you to question me? You know, where were you when I hung the stars in the sky? You know, he begins to kind of tell him all these things. Like, I've been here from the beginning, buddy. Where were you? You hadn't been born yet, right? Yeah, not when I was creating everything. So who are you to question me? So he begins to, to kind of say all that and begins to question him. All right, but then this is how the story ends. Job 42 Verses 12 through 16. Sorry to, to ruin your story if you haven't read it yet, but I'm about to tell you how it ends if you did not know. So verse 12. So actually, I guess if you want to read this and not hear it from me, pause, pause this, stop it, go read Job, and then come back. All right, so here we go. Verse 12. So the Lord blessed Job at the end of his life more than at the beginning. For now he had 14,000 sheep. 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. If you don't remember, that's double what he had before. All those numbers just doubled. God also gave him seven more sons and three more daughters. And in all the land, there were no other girls as lovely as the daughters of Job, and their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Job lived another 140 years after that, living to see his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren too. Then at last he died an old, old man after living a long, good life. Now look, you know, obviously you can't just replace you know, your children. It's not like, oh, well, I lost this one, so I'll just plug in this one. I mean, if I lost my three sons, I'd be absolutely devastated. 
and three new sons, as much of a blessing as that would be, it's still not the same, right? Like, you, you can't just plug and play. You could do that with animals. Now, you know, you, you pet lovers, don't, don't be sending me hate mail. I get it. I have a dog. I love him. And it's not like you can replace them. But these are not pets. These are like livestock. This was, this was business. This was produce. These were products. Um, but I guarantee you, since God allowed that and God loved Job, Job's going to be reunited with those children, right, in heaven, uh, in eternity. So it's not like they were taken and destroyed and never get to see again, right? He'll get to see them again. Um, and then he blessed them with, with seven more sons and, or excuse me, um, yeah, seven more sons and three more daughters, beautiful daughters. So in the end, Job was twice as blessed as he was in the beginning. And obviously, Job had no idea what was happening. He could not see or hear the conversation that God was having with Satan. He has all these bad things happening in his life, and he's like, why in the world is this happening to me? Why? I don't understand. God, I thought I was living for you. I mean, I love you. I'm not, I'm, I avoid sin. I mean, what, what else can I do? And honestly, I guarantee you, none of us are as good of a human being as Job was. And look what Job had to endure. But again, he wasn't being punished. God was bragging on him. It was, it was a reward. <laughs> as crazy as that seems, it was a reward. It was a result of his obedience. God was allowing that to happen because he was showing Satan what a, an amazing child, what an amazing follower he had. What if, what if God says that about you? I mean, that's, that's amazing to think that if, if that happens in my life and, and God's just trying to show Satan, man, look, watch, watch this. Micah's going to still love me. Micah's still going to praise me. I'd be so honored if, if that's what happened, you know, and God was just saying, that's my guy, right? So we just never know. We never know. There could be a million other reasons why God allows bad things to happen to good people. But here's what we need to take away. It's not about us, really. <laughs> it's about God. It's about his glory. And it's not necessarily about this earth. It's about eternity. So if God thinks it's for our best, again, whether he's trying to get our attention, he's trying to punish bad behavior, whatever it is, if he's trying to grow our faith, it could be any of those things. You need to trust God. That he loves you, that he's hadn't forgot about you, that he's working his plan for your good, for my good, for his benefit, for our benefit. Trust God. Trust the process. Know he loves you. He's not doing it because he hates you. He's correcting you or he's doing it because he loves you. And it's going to work out for your best and for his best in the end. Guys, thanks for tuning in. If you found value in this, or you know someone that's struggling, they have a lot of bad things happening in their life right now, maybe they're questioning God, please share this podcast with them, these specific episodes. And if you have not, man, leave a review. It would really, really mean a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. And as always, uh, if you want to reach out to me, my email's in the comment section. Shoot me an email, and I will do my best to get back to you. Guys, I love you. Praying for you, and we'll catch you in the next podcast.
Bye-bye.